good setup here, though. All right, ready? Go. And we're back. Do you think we need to change our intro music? Some people say we need to change our intro music. Oh, yeah? By some people, I mean my husband. Do you think uh. we need to change our intro music? Well, but it seems like I've also had several people tell me they really like it. Yeah, well, at least we change our, our break music. Right. So I think I like the intro and music. The, and the outro music. I have thought about, like, con- like making a like a radio lab sort of intro you know that's sort oh, of like sure sort like of kind of like sci-fi sounding yeah well just a, something that's more produced that has sound effects and has voices and you know like it's it's the calling card of the show more sure. than just ray charles well i think ray charles is not a bad calling yeah card, you know? and friends couldn't have a better calling card than uh, that you know i'll be there for you song nobody even knows who's that nobody even knows who's that who that's by like oh, think of like a, if I thought hard enough, the I pretenders could, maybe. No, it's not the pretenders. It's something is like the that. Rembrandt. The Rembrandts. That's I the remember their music now, video now. It's the Rembrandts for sure. It's interesting how TV shows used to have a whole bunch of. They used to have really long uh, jingles. You know, they'd have a a song that was associated with it, and they'd have a whole like to do. They'd have a you know scenes, and they'd have like flashbacks. I'm thinking specifically of like who's the boss and. Right, they kind of told the story. Yeah, like when I was all the shows I was growing up on, they all had that. Yeah, or like Green Acres or a yeah or a a Gilligan's Island. Right, where where this is what the show is about. (laughs) Right, and I don't know why. Now I I heard a thing once about uh, it was Zoe Deschanel was asked to do the jingle for her show New Girl. Uh Not surprisingly, right? Hey girl, right and. <laughs> they, she said, that, "Yeah, I, I created this jingle," and they said, "Oh, it's too long," and I kept they kept saying that over and over and over again. And then it's like, you know, all you have is, is ten seconds. Who's that girl? Which they every once in a while, I just watch it on Hulu, and so I think that that cuts with the the, the, the promo anyway. Yeah. But uh, the beginning, it was like a long song. Yeah, I've, and I've, then it's like it's just yeah. I there's mean, like it's three like different three versions of it. Like I think it's seconds. depending on how long the episode is. Oh, that's probably true. Right, they like use the, that as a the variable. accordion. Right. I hadn't thought about that. I'm I'm sure they have other things too that they can, you know. Length of commercials. Length of commercials and length of credits. credits. You know, mm. but all the things that go into production that you never will think about. Yeah, I've been thinking about writing a. A television pilot. Have I told you about this? I'm not surprised. I I mean, not about this one in particular. It's a. I mean, it's a churchy one though. Like, because I I ran into. Oh yes, you, you have. I did tell me about, about this. Yes. Rich 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 Mains. Right. Talking about uh, yeah, Ward Council. Yeah, I think. Sitcom. I think it would be fun to be the kind of person who. Well, first of all, I just take creating jingles, but who's just as like the idea pitcher is like, hey, somebody should make this. Go see Make if that it. works. You know yeah. there's a job like that, that some, be, somewhere be for for NBC or that'd be for an amazing job. Yeah, they're just like pilot pitchers. That's all they do. It's like how about um, Seinfeld in space? <laughs> right. I read a Make it. Right. I read a little thing similarly. It was going through all the pilots for the fall that are coming out uh-huh. and saying, you know, oh, do we think this is going to end up good or not? And one of them was basically like the concept here. It's like a high. It was like High concept sci-fi meets I don't even know what it's like a very specific so genre uh-huh. of 
of a sci-fi meets love meets teen romance or, or, you know, adolescent growth or something like that. They said that it was not going to work, even though the concept was very lovable because the actors all sucked. So I'm also, I also have been thinking about the, the science fiction, the stupid robot one. Oh yeah. I've thought about a couple other things that I want to include in this mm-hmm. future. Cause, cause really I want to, write a story about teleportation mm. and how that how that would impact everybody like in the way i'm envisioning teleportation it would be kind of more like stargate where you have these like actual like doorways that are connected to each other sure and really the phone companies would own them of course they would uh, yeah uh-huh. and and so they would make sense it would fit into their maintenance schedule yeah they would work kind of like a phone where you have a number you can it's not like you can just teleport to somewhere you need to like go from one door to another yeah and so I could have one that like goes... Like flu powder. Right. And and there would be like long distance area code. So you couldn't just like go to, <laughs> go to Africa. You'd have to like teleport. Connect to, You'd have to connect through some hubs. sort of hub place. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but how cool that would... What lots of cool things it would do on top of just being convenient. It would also like totally change shipping. Oh, and, yeah. And distribution channels and like the way so many things work. Oh yeah. Right. Um and so so that's one and then stupid robots is the other. Mm-hmm. And really that just serves as comic relief and right you'd have some robot sidekick who's always saying something S- stupid. Saying same stupid running yeah. into walls, not misunderstanding commands, not understanding <laughs> subtleties of English, all these things. And then the third thing I was thinking would be that it's a they have figured out how to stop the aging process. I think there's movies about that. I think I've seen that. I know. I the mean, Death Becomes Her, is that it? Yes. <laughs> but, but it's Goldie Hawn? Yes, except for imagine... <laughs> oh, wait, they're already dead. They're already dead and they... Wait a minute. Well, no, they, di- they... It's not that they die after they... They kill each other, right? They take the youth thing... Right. And then they, oh, and right. Then they kill each other and they, they don't die because they've taken the right. fountain of youth thing. And uh, the... The... Uh, but... I realize that, that eternal youth has been done before, but what I'm saying is it's more on a massive scale, and you can still die. Okay. Right? You could get in a car accident and die, but people just don't age anymore. Sure, people just look really good. And I was thinking the way that you can't, it, it would be some sort of like procedure, maybe like they cut into your pituitary gland and do something that's sure. ir- irreversible, and so you can't really do it uh, until you're an adult. You've gone through puberty. Right. And there's probably also some sort of, I would make it so, once you do this, then you can't have kids anymore. Like, mm, like you physically like are inca- incapable of doing it. So like you wouldn't want to do it before you know that you don't have kids. I'm sure there, will pe- there would, be, would be people who do it, who have kids and sure. regret it, but whatever. And so, but all of a sudden, so I've been trying to think, so what would be the consequences of that? If everybody, like people didn't die all of a sudden... Like what? Like people would die. You think people would die? Yeah, just, but people wouldn't. You'd have a lot right, less death, right? Right. And I mean, I mean, imagine at the at the same point, they would have probably figured out how to cure lots more diseases. Lots sure. More, yeah. Well, and less complications. What I'm, picture, from what I'm picturing is well. a sociological impact, which right, is I'm that you end up that. marrying somebody. You know, you end up falling in love with somebody who's forty years older than you. Sure. And their life experience is really different, but you, they look the same. I mean, we really ma- we self match ourselves with people who come from. Uh, similar background sure. to us. There's all sorts of studies about that, you know, that it, if people think that, you know, interracial marriage isn't so 
common, not because people are racist, but because you usually marry somebody who looks kind of like you. Sure. You know, and so if you're raised in areas that were really diverse, then you end up maybe having a broader, you know, look at that. Sure. Um, and I think that, I think the impact of that is that you end up being friends with people who are way younger than you or way older than you, which I think would be a good thing because you have It'd a lot more diversity of experience in your friend group. And maybe, and maybe people would self-select anyway, even if you all looked the same, uh, just because you don't want to hang out with people who are way boring and old or way crazy and right. young. So the next thing I need to do before I start actually writing, I need to, one, decide so who's my protagonist. I was thinking maybe it's some sort of cop. Mm, and, he okay. has, and he has some robot partner or not something. In, I'm not into cops, but... Okay. Uh, well, but it lends itself to, sure. for whatever reason, a detective. Right? <laughs> right. There's a reason that there's a million shows that have cops. Right. Because they lend themselves to just plot. Certain storylines yeah. and what, yeah. And then I need to decide what it is that I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, this is one of the reasons why I came to uh, the idea of the, the longevity of life. Mm-hmm. You know, one point that I've been wanting, I've been wrestling with is this notion of death is not the worst thing. Yeah. And I think that we always we always kind of everything revolves around death being the worst Evading thing. Evading death, trying to prevent Little death. Little kids dying. Oh, yeah. yeah all these like things are dying and I was thinking I'd like to write a story where at the end of it you come a, you come away with a feeling like yeah, there are worse things than death. Yeah, that's right? actually really probably something that people need to hear. Right. Actually. So w- we haven't really introduced quite yet. No. I think this this is a, a really good segue in talking about um, what this podcast is all about, which is creativity. Sometimes that means... Talk- oh, that's right. Some- Welcome to the show, those who have never listened to before. Right. Sometimes that means talking about uh, what shows are coming up or what shows we want to create. I like th- you know, I like talking about storytelling, but it's really everything creativity. Anything you want to create, the creative process, uh, the ready and the go, what, everything that's involved in that. Right. Um, so I think you were just you were just getting to the point of figuring out... Who's your protagonist? Who are you talking to? And that comes to what we want to talk about today, which is that prep work, that research right. that, that needs to go into any creative work. And it's the part that we get stuck on. It's the part we sure. are sometimes loath to do. It's, it's a seductive part where you can, you can get caught up in, but it's also very important. And it's something that you have to do kind of throughout the process. Sure, absolutely, but I but, but but there's you dance that line of the you know the brain crack that we talked about this, right. this notion of that's my problem perpetual I, problem I'm I'm in perpetual research mode I want to I want to get it just, just right. right before I launch anything right and you know there was I heard a quote today I was at this conference today and uh, Steve Jobs said. Mm, Steve Jobs was uh, there. Steve Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs was at this. He conference? was not at the conference. His spirit was there. I would bet. I would bet that somebody has like videotape of a uh, video of Steve Jobs that they would like hologram at oh, conferences. Yeah, like this. they ought to. And you, like there Jobs, ought to be Jobs significant enough. Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. Inspirational moments. I mean, because Tim Cook, let's just be real about this. He's not cutting it. Well, t- t- uh, I Steve Jobs I, are big shoes. Nah, they are big, big shoes, shoes to fill. But I'm just saying. Like, I'm not even like a Jobs junkie, and I get that they're you know. The, guy, the, guy, the guy's be. died. You yeah. know, he's, he's a martyr. So anyway, he says, real artists ship, as in ship products. Sure. Right? And so it's easy to um, get caught up in 
in the in the con- con- concept fo- phase sure. of things and a whole bunch of starving artists in New York and and beyond right. are crying right now but the, but the difference the difference shipped. between a real artist and like a pretend artist is that they produce the product well, that's an interesting concept <laughs> um I guess that they produce I mean because the, the idea that they ship I means to me that they're selling something right but i think that which i don't know i think that you can be an artist without selling things we've talked about but you that gotta a make bit. something but coming if you're talking about you shipping and the idea something. that there's something there yeah uh the, the perpetual work in progress is yeah. is or the, the non-existent thing because it's all just in your head i took notes so i was at, I was at this conference today it was uh, edward tufty who's like a He's like who's a, Edward Tufty? He's a visualization, data visualization guru. I think mm. he's a print. I think it's he's a thing a, now. Yeah, he's a he's <sighs> a professor at Princeton, I think. Okay. Or at least he used to be. Actually, it was fascinating because he kept like name dropping, not name dropping, but like experience dropping uh-huh. in this way that like you'd cock your head and be like, "Wait, what?" He did that. Like he's like he do, he's telling this other anecdote, and all of a sudden he's like, "Yeah." And when President Obama tapped me to be on this committee to <laughs> about, evaluate, uh, you know, this or, you know bank reform, I was like, "Wait, what?" Why would and you then, do that? And then earlier he was like, "Yeah, when I was on the uh, Challenger disaster uh, analysis team." <laughs> And, and then he just goes on because that wasn't even the story. He was right. like, he wasn't bragging about that. Right. He was telling this other story. That's but actually the most successful bragging, though. It's true. Is when it's like not the center point. Right. Right. And so he said like three or four things like that that I was like, whoa, this guy. Well, in my sculpture garden back home, I have, it's like, <laughs> oh, you have a sculpture you, garden. Of course you do. Um, but anyway, so he's, his specialty is like how you present data. Okay. Um, and so I came away with four really cool books that your husband is is looking at all these fun charts that are Sounds super like nerdy, but awesome. L- charts are great. But in my notes, which I rarely take notes, is I, t- I took a bunch of notes today. But this guy's been on a zillion task force and has a sculpture <laughs> yeah, garden. Yeah, so, so. There, so there's that. Um, Noteworthy but speaker. It, in the, in the, where I, the Steve Jobs quote, it was in a section called, uh, The Difference in Good and Great is Execution. And the, I had two other quotes, one from uh, John Coltrane. John Coltrane, and he said, uh, I don't play the notes, I play the space between the notes. Oh, ho, ho. I feel like that's something that some, like a jazz musician, that's straight out of it. If you had to guess, if that's a quote that like, if there was a multiple choice test uh-huh. on what kind of person said uh-huh. that, I think you'd have, it'd have to be a jazz musician. Sure. And I then the other the thing, the other quote the that notes. I have is from Robert Altman, uh, director. He says, uh, just get to the verb. Mm-hmm. Just get to the verb. And so I assume that's in, you know, in storytelling. Well, get to the, the action of right. it. Right. And I forget what, what point I was trying to make. We're making any point except for you've got to do stuff. So so this this kind of transitions then from our ready to our go that there's this interplay right right between preparation where you're thinking well what is my story about what what is my hook what am i what are my colors what is my theme what is my message and i think this is something that i do ad nauseum for anything that i want to participate in is that you know what what am i doing and who's my audience and and these things that are really important to think about but that you've got to, to do, you know, and that, right. and that you can't get stuck in this research forever phase, but you can't jump straight to go. 
Can you? I mean, is it okay? What do you think about to jump straight? Well, straight, jump straight to go. It, it depends, right? It depends on what you're working on, because some because some things are kind of come from your gut, right? And the and and sometimes you have well, once you reach a certain level of skill at a particular craft, sometimes you don't need any more preparation, and it's just sort of like you 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 go from the hip, mm-hmm. right? But that takes a while to get comfortable. Right. To get there, right? I feel like I've heard said a number of times from both musicians and and authors. Musicians, I think, particularly, um, the idea of... No, I think from authors as well. The idea of producing a lot of crap before Uh you get to the point where you produce anything that's worthwhile. Sure. And that you start producing aiming you're writing an awful song or a story or you know you what comes out at first is real and it's you know comes from a place of research and preparation and but at the beginning it's not worth anything and it takes a while for you to really get into the groove of okay this is what's good but if you judged yourself at the beginning you hate yourself you know it's funny every once in a while regularly more than i'd than i thought ever would be the case i think of there was a road trip that we took as kids okay and we were when we rented an RV. I don't know. Ugh. You were probably little. You were probably really little. M- but, maybe. But I remember Brent writing a bunch of songs. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. And a couple of them, like they get stuck in my head. Like, and they're terrible. Still. Yeah, they're terrible, stupid songs. Like once, like it's like fifteen years later. Yeah, I don't even know what it means. It's like Poochie Two Steamboat. I'm willing. It's chilling. <laughs> it's hot tide. Like Poochie Two Steamboat. I don't know what that means. <laughs> and I don't think he did either. But. Uh, but that was something that I, speaking yeah. of crappy songs, well, they that just got, I mean, he was probably, you know, 11. Yeah. Or something well, like that, that reminds me of the LFO song, Scooby-Doo Wop and Scooby Snacks, the Metafly Girl and I Can't Relax. Like sometimes the crap makes it on the radio. Uh, there is plenty. Still of, there's plenty of terrible, terrible songs. Um, yeah. That, and that's, that's, I think, part of the process. And there's some... There's something about getting through that. Plenty and that. of terrible music, plenty of terrible right. art. I get really down on myself anytime I get into my in writing mode. You know, I'll be, okay, I'm writing. I'm start. I'm starting this book, and it's going to be great. Um, and I don't like it. You know, it's like yeah. I don't. I I don't want to read myself as a writer. You know, which is not a good feeling because I am the most important to myself. That I'm the most important person to me, right. and so I should want to read what I'm writing. But if it's crappy, then I don't. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, let's well. We'll talk about what to do about that. Yeah, let's give some some good advice. Yeah, lots, be, of, lots the, of good the advice. The advice section of, right. of, of the podcast. So we'll be right back after a... a really jamming new, a, a different jam, song. A, yeah, a jamming intermission. That's different. Yeah. Imagination ain't kind, oh no 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Cammy likes to sing the uh, Welcome Back theme song regularly. All the time. Uh, so we're trying to, talking about advice, but yeah. first we want to talk about... Yeah, because we don't really have any advice. Let's get real. We're all idiots. We're all... Just oh, mis- we're not idiots. We're actually very, very wise people. I'm not an idiot, but nobody's <laughs> advice is all that good. That's really what it is. I don't trust anybody's advice. I gave advice... On a, I was requested. Our brother just got married, and on they had at their wedding one of those cards that was give us give us advice. And my advice right. was don't trust anybody's advice, which I think is apt, especially for relationships, but is actually pretty true for anything creative as well. But it's also somewhat paradoxical, right? Sort of like this sentence is false, right? Exactly. Right. Blow your mind. Right. Paradoxical. Don't listen to advice. My advice is don't listen. Don't to listen me. to me. It's like those puzzles where there's a they're on an island and there's a the people who always tell the truth and people yeah who, I love those I do too I think they're great but so <clears throat> let's go back to this idea of research sure research because you you uh, you were telling me at the break that you uh, listened to a really cool thing about research this Tufty guy well I mean I would say it's a cool thing but I thought it was very fascinating I think, he, I think he's really cool now everything about him well he was. I thought it was actually kind of boring. Well, I don't know. I had mixed feelings. <laughs> there was l- I mean, because it was an all-day thing, right? Sure, like yeah, it's there, exhausting. I was sitting, there, sitting in seminars and workshops is and exhausting. He, and he wasn't particularly, you know, Zig Ziglar. He wasn't like... Right. He wasn't like... You mean being on the o- Obama task force and the Challenger debrief or... I mean, that was interesting. Don't require charisma? Right, that's the thing, yeah. He w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give him charismatic. Really good he's, at your job. He's a smart guy. I'll, he is definitely a smart guy. So what did he say about research? He, I might take his advice. Well, I mean... Maybe. He said lots of things about research, but, you know, because his, his whole thing is about how to display the data of your research, how to, how to show your research. Okay. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the interesting articles that he talked about and he, he presented was, was this article called, it's like a peer-reviewed, you know, scientific article called Why this Most... This isn't just on, like, Slate.com. Yeah, this, it was, like, on... In, what what's what, I'm sure I can find it on this website where it, anyway some some peer-reviewed. some peer reviewed journal called why most published research findings are false and coming back to paradox paradoxes <laughs> here. studies show yeah so, studies are made up yeah and so and and this is actually very highly it's it's one of the most like downloaded and uh, controversial peer reviewed articles because it's but what was interesting is that a lot of the a lot of the controversy is how much the word most means mm. right like he says i think that it's about 80% mm-hmm. but more conservative people would say 60%, 60%. as long as it's of the majority right it's still most um, but you know, he, he, Either in, the, way. in the abstract here, you know, even if 51% of all research studies are false. Yeah. It makes you really, t- you know, step back and be like, right. Whoa, what, why are we even garbage. doing research? Right. So like here, here in the summary, it says some of the reasons it says research is less likely to be, to be true when studies are conducted in, in a field, conducted in a field are smaller when effect sizes are smaller, when greater numbers or lesser pr- pre-selection of tested relationships, when there's greater flexibility of designs, definitions, outcomes, and sure. modes, well, that when makes sense. financial or other interests and prejudices, uh, when when more teams are involved in a scientific field in 
in chase of statistical significance. Anyway, all these different reasons that that studies can be messed up. Yeah, and and you know, and you know, to learn, you know, here I brought this other quote. He says, uh, "If you want to learn more about the process as a whole, you want to directly observe exactly how the original measurements are made out in the field, right? Rather uh-huh. than rather." And and that goes with anything, right? So if you want to know how something actually works, uh-huh. you can read stuff about it, and you can and you can you can read other people's interpretations of how it is. But the best way to really understand it is to see where that data comes from right. firsthand. And I think that goes with any any endeavor. Like you can read a book about writing, right? But like talking to a writer is going to be better. Right. And same with... It's the good, goodwill anything. hunting uh, thing that uh, Matt Damon and Robin Williams have their moment where, you know, Matt Damon's sass and Robin Williams because he's, you know, he's, oh, your wife died. Oh, yeah, this happened. Oh, and he's, you know, giving him all sorts of crap because he's a troubled kid. And, sure. And finally, Robin Williams kind of snaps and says, you can read a hundred books about war and about loss, but you don't know what it's like to have somebody, you know, have your best friend shot down and watch him die. Right. You know, you can tell me about love and loss, but you don't know what it's like to watch your, you know, watch your wife die from cancer and to be completely leveled with her eyes. It's a really kind of a moving scene. Yeah. But that firsthand experience is, is everything. Right. So what does that mean for our creative endeavors? Well, I think that it means, um, because we're talking about, research and learning and getting mm-hmm. and finding where, where what it is you're going to going to inspire you and what it is it's going to how you're going to create that thing what what is your craft and and how you're going to have the tools to be able to do it um and i think that sometimes maybe and this is the paralyzing thing right where we get caught up trying to do just the right thing right and i'm not saying you shouldn't do research in general i'm just saying that firsthand experience trumps any sort of second or third hand sure. research. So the idea of I can't do because I don't know how isn't a fair argument because you won't know how until you do. Right. How's that for a circle? Yeah. And and coming back to what you said originally and the Poochie 2 steamboat idea. <laughs> well, this, the, the Poochie 2 principle. <laughs> the, the Poochie 2 principle <laughs> is, is the, referenced on Ready Go Podcast. Yeah. Well, there'll be a citation for the Poochie 2 principle. Peer-reviewed. Um, is that essentially you got to make crap first. Right. Don't be afraid to make crap first. And who knows? Maybe you get lucky and you have a knack for songwriting. Or, or, m- or maybe your crap will go viral and you'll get famous in right. a day. <laughs> Is the Roberta ba- Black idea. I guess that's a bad example. Who's somebody who had had a viral video, got famous from that, and then Rebecca was able Black, to... Rebecca Black, not... What did Re- I say, Roberta Black? Rebe- you're thinking of Roberta Flack. I get those two mixed up. <laughs> Rebecca... I did mean... Rebecca Black. Yeah, Friday, Friday. Her. But she hasn't really produced anything no. since becoming famous, but I'm sure there's somebody. Oh, yeah, there's lots of people. Well, Zay Frank. Zay Frank. Right. He's a good example of somebody who is now internet famous enough to write books and stuff, I right. guess. Yeah, well, and that... That there, is, there is something to that, I guess, that there's yeah. a platform. If, if your crap ends up taking off, then hopefully you can have enough interest to make not crap in the future. Right. right. So I think this is our call to action right here. Make crap? Yeah. Right. I mean, hopefully it's right. not. Right, Poochie 2 Steamboat, the sequel. <laughs> right. In whatever endeavor you have, whether that's. Convert it into a graphic novel. Yeah. Poochie 2 Steamboat. The graphic novel. The graphic novel. 
Yeah, uh, Poochie 2 Steamboat uh, visual art. Sure. A whole series. Yeah. Poochie 2 Steamboat in song. The oh, do- that's already song. The do- it was already The song. documentary. Poochie 2 Steamboat as a principal in business. As the musical, stage musical, Poochie 2 Steamboat. <laughs> Poochie 2 Steamboat uh, in sculpture. Sure. 3D, I can, mixed media. I, can mix, I like the idea of a mixed media Poochie 2. Poochie 2 mix, <laughs> mixed media. All right, get on it, folks. That's a, that's it. our call to action. Uh, join us next week when we'll talk about something amazing, creativity. Creativity. Um, Thank you for listening and listen again. Listen again. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, go like to our, us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Uh, that's at you Ready to Go Podcast. You just search, search, it search in. that. I, I don't know what our facebook.com slash radio podcast i'm sure that's what it is i'm sure that's what it is and uh, if you have questions or comments you can uh, reach us you can send us an email at hello at readygopodcast.com and if you would like it to display your preachy to steamboat homage yeah also send that on yeah we'd love to see it we'll post it on on the web all right okay thanks for thanks for coming When the house was standing You'd never have believed it When the house was standing You'd never have believed The bricks and mortar Have all given way At first they resisted But then Stand